welcome to the Skates Throats podcast. And as always, it's your host, Chris Patton, with my assistant captain, Dakota Lashock. Dakota, how are you doing today, bud? You doing, bud? I'll have to apologize ahead of time for this week since my daughter's birthday party tomorrow. Happy birthday. One year, right? Yes. Can you believe it? This is, this is a very fast year. It's been a very, very, very crazy year and a very crazy Stanley Cup playoff so far. And uh, I guess we got to corner the dark elephant in the room of the Shifley hit because we haven't talked about it yet. And uh, yeah. how it how it affected the Winnipeg series. Uh, what are your thoughts on the hit itself and uh, the suspension he was given? Well, I mean, it was a very dirty hit, obviously. Uh we can kind of defend it in the way that he was going full force and couldn't stop at that point. But at the same time, I mean, you had to have the foresight to know that obviously he's going to get that empty netter. You have to stop in time. And he didn't. He just lowered and full on hit him. So I agree with what he got. Yeah, I mean, I understand the frustration that he had going into the hit uh, based on the penalty that came before, which was kind of bullshit. And, yeah, we uh, need to talk about officiating as a whole with this thing. Yeah, it, he went in with intent to me to lay him out. Like, I don't think he ever thought he was going to be able to stop that goal. Uh, the big problem is uh, you had, what was it, Evans just skating with his head down, not paying attention, and the guy cleaning him up. Uh, which, back in the day, this wouldn't have been a penalty. And if I think if he even, even if he pops up without the concussion and goes down on the ice and you have the huge scrum around him, I don't necessarily know that this becomes that big of a deal. Uh, yeah, but no, it did. I mean, we, we, we all know back in the day they weren't wearing helmets, so, I mean, he just plop his head down on the ice and walk it off. Well, I was even more thinking about, like, the 90s, like if Scott Stevens makes the same hit and the guy pops up or, you know, like, keep your head up, kid kind of thing. I, I don't necessarily know it's a penalty. Obviously, we're – we're more in tune with what concussions can do to a person and whether it's wrestling, football, hockey, etc. We all kind of know what concussions can lead to. And that's why it made it more scary. But if he just pops up off the ice, I don't even know that we're having this conversation right now, honestly, yeah. uh, based on the way the rest of the playoffs have been refed. Cause there were some dirty hits kind of all around. And we'll talk about our boy, my boy, Paul Mary a little later, um, throwing a cheap one of his own. I'm telling you. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's one of those hits, and I, I guess you, you, he charged. And yeah. I, I get that they said that he didn't push with his skates, but he came in flying. And I know even on the video game, even if you're not pushing with your skates and you come in flying against a defenseless player and you hit him, that's still charging. Yeah, you're going to get one of that defenseman that awkwardly skates up to you and tries to make the fight. <laughs> yes. So. Those are the best, honestly. I love those. Um, was it uh, Ehlers that protected him? I think that was a, a big baller move. Yeah, for sure. That was a classy move on his part. Uh, because, like, he... He protected someone that wasn't even his own teammate to make sure he didn't skate it over, which is he might he should probably win the con smite just based on protecting that guy as yeah. hard as people were coming into the net like that was a class act uh winnipeg gets sweeped i think the series probably went to seven games if uh shifley does get dumped for four what did you think about the suspension itself do you think it's too long or did you think it was fair i mean it was a hard hit but four games uh that's a lot for someone that doesn't really commit these kind of penalties normally Normally, I should say. I mean, yeah, obviously it's gonna have a, it's gonna have an effect on the team, but uh, I mean, this is it was wild from the start. But I wasn't expecting Montreal to sweep them the way they did. I thought Winnipeg would at least put up a fight. Ooh, excuse me, put up a fight, which leads me to believe the next series is gonna be incredible to watch. I think Montreal is a little better than expected headed in these playoffs. And it has a lot to do with, I, I think it has a lot to do with Shea Weber and Carey Price and how good they are on the back end. Did you kind of get that feeling, especially like after the Shifley hit, uh, Carey Price comes out and pitches a shutout and was just a super dick about it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's- 
these types of, you know these types of things bring out the best in the other players sometimes and in this case I mean yeah that's a solid defense and you know once it gets going as you see it it's gonna be stopped yeah I, I just expected a little more bite back from Winnipeg I, I didn't think they were made of one player but apparently losing that one player absolutely ruined the team which I mean, they got swept after they swept you know yeah, it's, you know, they got that one crank, which sucks for the Canadians because losing Evans is a big, I mean, he's an integral piece of their team headed forwards in the playoffs, but uh, it didn't help them in the long run <laughs> by losing your best player. And I, I think if Shifley's there, this game, I mean, it could have went to seven, I think. I think those teams were more evenly matched than a lot of uh, analysts had them, but... Um, yeah, I guess Montreal is the the little underdog that could. The little train that could, honestly. You know what? Uh, it's going to, like I said, it's going to make. Uh, did you hear what Mark Stone said about having to play Montreal? No, but oh, Mark yeah, Stone's an ass. Yes, I need to pull up the, uh, the, the yeah. quote right now because it was hilarious. So Stone played for the Minnesota Wild for a little bit, right? Before that, he was part of that big trade to Las Vegas, if I remember correctly. Uh, I thought... Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he played for Ottawa before this. Mark Stone, Minnesota Wild. We'll pull this up on the... Uh, pull this up on I the... Old, yeah, I mean, I don't... Google. He was born in Winnipeg, turns out. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ottawa, Ottawa, Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa. I was wrong. Yeah, we are. I love that. Uh, God, they uh, they referred to him as Vintage Mark Stone uh, because that is the type of player that is the type of player that he is. He has left that kind of imprint, uh, especially in Vegas's style of hockey, uh, since they brought him in. And I still, to this day, say that their acquisition of Mark Stone is probably the best move that they've ever made. I mean, I think it was a great move for them because he was a plus twenty six this year. So he obviously made a huge effect in their game. I mean, he um, keeps getting better as the years go on. But uh, let's third year with the, with uh, Vegas now. Well, I guess let's talk about the elephant in the room. Mark Andre Fleury. He doesn't and start. He can't be trusted. He can't be. He can't be trusted to start, and then carries them through the playoffs. Why do people not trust Mark Andre Fleury in the playoffs? What the hell is this? I don't know. It's the same reason, and we'll get into it later with Boston. It's the same reason people don't trust uh, Tuukka Rask. They just have this innate fear that goalies are just not going to pull them through, and it's a real shame too, because Mark Andre Fleury is again probably one of the better goalies of this generation. Uh, for sure, at some point, going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, I don't even doubt that. Uh, he's made a huge impact on the game. Uh, so people should honestly learn to trust him more. Yeah, and I mean, it's very, very... I'm I'm going to assume that they're trucking through the Canadians unless God shoots Marc-Andre Fleury down with a lightning bolt or something um, and Vegas just falls apart. Uh I see them trucking on to the Stanley Cup, which also proves the Pete DeBoer theory that I have. Yeah, begrudgingly, I'm going to have to agree with you out of the, the respect I have for Gerard Gallant. <laughs> Pete DeBoer, give him a year. That second year, they go to the Stanley Cup. Which... But uh, the real question will be if they can close it out. I mean, they still got to get past Montreal. And again, I say this is going to be a very interesting series to watch. I, I think they're going to get past Montreal. Um, Price is going to make it hard for them, but they just have so much offensive firepower. And, and, I mean, could be wrong. Could be wrong. Maybe the kids, the Canadian kids, will put it on their back and light up the net. But uh, I don't know. It, it it seems like Fleury's year to me. And uh, how did you feel about the, the Avalanche Vegas series in general? I mean, like, that I don't want to... I don't want to give you too many too many doses of I told you so, but I've got a few here uh, to grieve out because when we were making our predictions, uh, I predicted that Vegas or uh, yeah Vegas would triumph over uh, the Avalanche, much in the same way I also thought New York was going to triumph over 
over Boston. But this was a great series to watch. It seems like the Avalanche just kind of ran out of steam. Uh, definitely, definitely hurt them not having Nazem Kadri. Uh, which so, is which is Kadri's fault. In yeah, I mean it's his own fault for making the dumb hit that he did. But I still to this day kind of like with all the hits that we've seen, it's like was that one really eight, eight games worthy? Well, uh, it is with Kadri's track record because he's gotten suspended from the playoffs multiple times off hits like that. You know, like, don't make stupid hits. Nathan McKinnon played like an absolute goddamn magician. And yeah, to me... He can't carry the team on his own. He can't. Um, and I think... Yeah, the car was there, too, and he was, it was decent. It's just... You can't rely on, like, three players to carry an entire team. Uh, we've seen this time and time again where... Uh, who was it? Uh, what was it? The Lightning when they were going up against Columbus? how many injuries they had and they were relying on their two players and they just got completely swept. It's the same thing. There's no solid yeah, I mean, plan. There's no solid offensive plan. You're just fumbling around, not making plays. You're just passing around. You got and it's, it's a common grievance I have with a lot of teams in this playoff. It's just you got to attack the net more. In the words of the fans, you have to, you have to shoot the puck. So uh, just to to add, I guess, a little salt in the wounds, Nathan McKinnon was the MVP this season, right? Without a doubt, shadow of a doubt. Yeah, for sure. He, he, he is a machine, and he deserves it, honestly. Can you think of a reason why he gets overlooked other than he does, he's not in Toronto or Edmonton? He's not in Canada because... Once again, we're having this conversation. I thought he should have won it last year. Um, and once again, me and you are having this conversation of whether Nathan McKinnon was the most valuable player in the league. And I think he is like hundredfolds, whether his team got booted out or not. That's a different question. I think you had you had Vegas going and I had uh, Colorado going, which I feel like, you know, now that Colorado lost to Vegas, I, Vegas, I, I still think they're going to beat. Montreal, sorry, Montreal fans. Uh, unless Carey Price just stands on his fucking head and becomes Goku or something, um, uh, you don't know. He could reach level nine thousand at any time. I mean, he could. Carey Price has shown that he can do that. I'm, I, and the kids have shown that they can turn up for him and and Shea Weber. I guess you know time will tell. But uh, if I had to go with a gut pick on who's going to win, I'm going to go with a. Uh, you know, former Stanley Cup winner Mark Andre Fleury in net and a better team in Vegas. No. Moving forward, it's gonna be hard to get past. Yes, I, I don't know. It's gonna be good, but I also kind of don't think Vegas or I don't think Montreal is gonna get past Vegas. It'd be cool if they did, honestly. Be an underdog story. Um, I just I, I don't know. It, it's. It's an all-star team kind of thing because Vegas is just unstoppable. They are such a good team. That team is so well built from the NHL's trash. Think about this. From the expansion draft, they made this team uh, with trades, obviously, a little bit here and there. But isn't that ab- that's crazy to think about? I don't think this has ever happened in a sport. I know Jacksonville Jaguars, they went to the playoffs their uh, first tenure, but I can't think of an expansion team that has succeeded as highly as the Vegas Golden Knights. It's, it's crazy to think about. This is, it's exactly why they became my favorite team. It's just I've, I've watched them since their inception and I've just seen them constantly be a good team. And you're right. I can't think of another time that I've seen a team just right out of the gate be as good as they did. I mean, we're talking about a team that made the Stanley cup final in their debut season. That's nuts. That's like a once in a generation thing that you're going to see in the NHL. Yeah. It's not only that, but the consistency too, like, it's not like they had a they made it and fell off. Like Jaguars, when they made the playoffs for the NFL as an expansion team, they fell off the next year. Um, the consistency that team has had is is very impressive, and they built a really good squad right off the bat. And 
Um, maybe Mark Andre Fleury should be the captain of that team. They should put the C on him and stop talking about trading him. PDD, just just ride the hot hand. Don't fuck with the goalies. You fucked with the goalies last year. You saw where they got you. Just let Fleury do his thing. Exactly. If he, I think he wants to retire a Golden Knight. Just let him have that honor. Can you imagine what they'll do once he retires? If he retires as a Golden Knight, they'll friggin' enshrine him in the uh, T-Mobile Arena, which I got to tell you is still one of the best looking. It's it's a great looking hockey arena. Uh, it's just the 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 way the crowd sounds in there on TV. I've heard is is nuts. I mean, I've seen that, but I've heard in person it's incredible. It's one of the reasons I really want to go out there and see a Golden Knights game. How how many times has Flurry called uh, Crosby and just laughed at him, like, in the past couple weeks? Don't you feel ridiculous? <laughs> How's that Yari working out for you guys? How's <laughs> hey, that bus ride home, bitch? <laughs> um, no, all joking aside, let's move over to the East. Uh, me and you both had this one predicted with Tampa Bay, I think. Well, no, you... you picks you had a bold prediction of the rangers right making it all the way to the cup uh no i had uh well originally i thought the panthers were gonna do great but then they didn't um and then i thought carolina all right carolina's at least gonna give them a run for their money and i gotta tell you i fucking did you hear what dougie hamilton had to say about the tampa bay lightning they're fast, and it's hard to guard them, probably. But what did no, he say? He said, what did we he, lost to say? A, he said, we lost to a team that's $18 million over the salary cap. Uh, well, there's that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would, it's, I would it's really hard next season. But it's just, it's hard for, uh, I don't know. It's hard to guard against Tampa Bay. They're such a good team why like the golden knights they consistently make the playoffs because they're a really good team mostly carried by victor hedman but occasionally you get other players <laughs> do something um i don't say this very often but stamkos has looked very good in the playoffs because normally he's not in the playoffs <laughs> there's that um Tampa Bay has been a very good team. I didn't, I mean, Morazic's just not the goaltender you need against them. And Tampa Bay was able to play whatever game Carolina wanted to play. If they wanted to slow it down, they were able to do that. If they wanted to play it fast, they were uh, definitely able to do that in answer in tenfold. Uh, and like you said, I mean, Victor Hadman, if he's not defenseman of the year this year, I'm done with trying to predict the Norris Trophy. He should have won it last year. He's on the list. He's one of the finalists. If he doesn't win it this year, then I'm fucking done with the Norris Trophy. They obviously don't know what good defense is when this cat's out here playing 31 minutes in the fucking playoffs. I know they judge it on the regular season, but you have to look at it and be like, he's pretty fucking good. I mean, completely capable of carrying that team. But what did you think of uh, what did you think of uh, Boston and New York? Because I mean, I I've got my own thing, but I want to get your opinion first before we get into what I have to say. Because that was just everything I wanted to see. Uh, it was just a great, great series. Very fun to watch. It was fun seeing the Islanders bully Boston in a way that we haven't seen in a long time, seeing them step up and being like, no, nah, we're going to be assholes. Not you guys. Um, Barry Trotz just outcoached the Bruins. In my opinion, he outcoached them uh, the way he set lineups. And, uh, the, you know, the, the New York devils came through pretty clutch with uh, Paul Mary and Zajac. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I definitely don't. I would be remiss if I did not mention that, uh, all the players that they've acquired from the Devils have been really good for them. <laughs> I mean, they made they made good they they made good trades, and uh, they were to me they were the stronger team. And um, you yeah, know, little... definitely had some uh, some players out that really hurt them. I know losing Brandon Carlo was a huge bit, uh, uh, or it definitely hurt them. Oh, it sucks it when just... you lose a player in the playoffs. Looking at you, Brad Marchand. Like, I don't know. He actually he looked pretty good. He was he was 
not being his usual rat bastard self. He was he had some clean plays, he had some uh, some solid setups. It's just Boston spent too much time trying to fumble around with the puck, not getting it to the net, and relying too much on the back uh, on on the back end, and the back end is just not that good. Like especially in the game six of what we watched, uh, like you just you continually saw Boston working and working and working. You're getting past them time and time again. It's just like they wore them down. Uh, so definitely, it, it was a surprise to me. I didn't think uh, New York was actually going to pull it off, but they uh, they managed to do that. But now they're in a similar situation to Montreal. It's just. And that's what makes the series very interesting, this whole playoffs. Yeah, but it's also reminiscent of the old uh, Islanders team that we talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, for before. sure. They look like the 84 Islanders out there, the way they were uh, fucking gramming into people. When they brought in the old vets, it kind of has that vibe. Like, yeah, did, it does it not? Bullying people. <laughs> like, you yeah, got all these old cats. People setting up all the plays. Andy Green playing 28 minutes a night at 179 years old. Shout out to my captain, Andy Green. Um, He's a great fit, honestly. That's again, and it's you see it in the way that they performed. How these how these people have fit right into the play and enhance that. The thing about Andy Green is he's a perfect shutdown player, and he's done this with. Wait, I've showed you this in the past, video for video, when the Devils would play Washington they would have him circle someone like Ovechkin. That was his only job on a penalty kill, is to make sure Ovechkin didn't score. They're going to do the same thing with Stamkos, right? And and it's going to be very interesting to see Barry Trott's system, but uh, Green doesn't have flashy numbers or anything, but he's given them 28 minutes a game. It's, it's absolutely insane. And Kyle Palmieri uh, started finding the net. <laughs> And if He's he fucking deadly too, man. Kyle Palmieri had some lasers on him. If he continues to find the net, he could end up winning the Conn Smythe, which would be uh, heartbreaking and amazing at the same time because he started so fucking slow this season for the Devils. <laughs> I can't wait to see the movie version of this playoff series where Michael Keaton's the head coach of the, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Mickey Rooney's the head coach of the New York Islanders. Um, but no, going back to what I going back to what I was getting at is, uh, and not that Tampa Bay's young and they don't have veterans on their team or anything, but the the great Gretzky story when he loses the cup to the Islanders, he's like he walked back to the dressing room and they're like we've been here before, and they're just like they won the Stanley Cup but they're just icing their knees and shit. That's this Islanders, right? Like they brought in a crew that Lou knew. Lou Lamorello, former Devils GM. They built a good team. I, I, as soon as they brought Paul Mary and Zajac in, I was like, man, they're going to have a really good third line if the defense can hold up and if the goaltending is not shit. For Lomeloff, you just shit on. Uh, they're going to be a hard team to beat. And uh, now it's just a, a battle of fruition. We'll see if Barzell is able to stand out against Tampa Bay. Um, or Victor Hedman checks him through. The entire arena, which is very plausible. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, man. That's that. That's my series. That's the one I'm most excited about. Just like I was excited about the Bruins and um, the Bruins and the Islanders. It, it was just a good series, and uh, I was surprised. I actually thought the Bruins had the the leg up on the Islanders just because of pure ability to score with Krejcik and uh, Marchand as much as I hate him and, and Pasternak. And they did a really good job of slowing the game pace down, um, taking away bullshit goals, even though there were some bullshit goals like game three uh, with the overtime game winner that Marchand had, which is that's more on Verlomilov than anyone else. Right. Yeah. Uh, sure. But you know, they had some soft goals and shit that went in, but for the most part, they just grinded every play. And that's the thing about not having Chara if you're a Bruins fan. Because if Chara's there, this doesn't happen. 
Yeah, exactly. They peeled right through that defense without Brandon Carwell. And it's just weird to see the Bruins get out bullied, but I don't want to hear people complain about it because the Bruins bully everyone. So Exactly. You know, Paul, Paul Mary dropping an elbow on someone's face. Yeah, it could have probably been a penalty and a fine, whatever. It didn't matter in the grand, grand scheme of the games. You're the ball. You're supposed to be the big bad Boston Bruins, right? I mean, <laughs> there's, there were some wonky calls in there, uh, for sure throughout the whole thing. There's definitely a, I don't want to say leaning towards the New York Islanders, but there were definitely some non-calls, especially that that weird elbow and. I don't know. Officiating as a whole has been kind of suspect in this uh, playoffs. Like I was alluding to earlier, it's not just this uh, series, too. It's uh, what we were saying with the Avalanche series, uh, I think, with the with the, Winni- with the uh, yeah, with the Winnipeg and Montreal series. Uh, have you noticed the officiating? And uh, gosh, it feels like it's still going on. Like, I know it's still going on. So I just want to see how it plays into the... Uh, these final four games. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a much different story once Tampa Bay's there, who is a, a pretty clean team overall. We'll see if they get out-bullied and if the refs call stuff. But with the Bruins, like, the Bruins are doing the same stuff. Uh, it's just they're down games, so it's going to be more evident. Like, Clutterbuck caught an elbow to the face, very similar at center ice. Like, it's was one of those things where they're just not calling shit this year like they used to outside of the, the, the Shifley hit, which was, I mean, you can't not call that because he absolutely ran over the guy like a Mack truck. You know what I mean? Um, the biggest problem with the Boston Bruins is like, I mean, Hall never got it going. Which No, and I wanted to see it happen too. Like there were some times when he started to look good, but he, he just – no puck control. It seems like most plays that I saw, man, he just he'd get the puck and then get a couple feet and he'd lose the puck. This is not the Taylor Hall I saw in the uh, series previous. He is uh, not very good against two-way forwards because they shifted Paul Mary and Zajac out against him a lot. Oh, and <laughs> there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> Uh, which is smart, smart, right? Uh, but they should very they, smart move on uh, the lose part. But he uh, he was good early in the playoffs and then kind of fell off. What did you have like uh, five points in eleven games or something? And you have to expect more for former MVP for Taylor, Taylor Hall. Hall. Uh, and uh, he did say he's willing to take a uh, a smaller contract to stay with the Bruins. So at least it seems like he enjoys being with the Boston Bruins. And that's a team, honestly, that could use him as a as a player. Sure. He's never been the same after the knee injury with the Devils, uh, after his MVP season. I don't know that he's ever going to be the 90-point player that he was, but he's still a great player. But he's always been kind of a question mark in the playoffs. So who knows? I I feel bad for Taylor Hall. I like him as a player. I loved him when he was a devil, but he was very much overshadowed by former devil's teammates who, who do not get paid as much as he does in, in a playoff series. Right. Um, or even some some other people on his team. Um, he's really good when he, when he's able to get his skates underneath him and, and get the speed up, he, he's still good at breaking the puck way. And, and he made some good passes. They just didn't turn out right. Kind of thing. It's just, uh, he was kind of a non-factor, which was a little surprising to me. I, I thought that maybe getting him more involved in the power play or something would have helped Boston. But, uh, I mean, the, the one standout for Boston was took Rask. Because I feel like the game that like the series would have been more over if Tuca doesn't make like those four saves in overtime when Marshand uh, snipes that weird goal on for Lomelov. Exactly. And meanwhile, everybody's gonna flame him online for saying, "Oh, I just can't do it in the playoffs." And meanwhile, he's trying to carry the team the way he can. But there's no defense. You can't. You know, he can't stop every single puck. That guy played his heart out. 
And he's injured. He played injured. I mean, and you can't rely on Jonathan Swayman. I mean, the kid's a rookie. You know, this isn't like a Carter Hart situation where he's a breakout goalie and does this great stuff. You need to grasp. And he performed very well. It's just hard to defend when you have nobody else. It's just you. I will say the last game, uh, the, the, the last game Tuca was in moving left to right, you could tell his hip was bothering him. He wasn't as fast. Um, that would have been time to pull the goalie and put someone else in. Tuca probably wasn't ready for that last game, like health-wise. No, for uh, sure. I agree with that. Uh, and th- that made it very easily easy for the Islanders to um, pop some stuff on him. And, uh, you know, as good as Marchand and Pasta is, if, if they go up by four, what was it, like 4-3 at one point? Yeah, they never really got it going throughout the entire series. One or two goal games, and except for that, uh, the one I think high scoring one, but they you just they most of their players were non factors in this. And so I will say this is as, 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 as much as we shit on Marchand, he was easily the best player for the Bruins, yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, like, like, um, at least skate to skate, like, uh, shift to shift. He was always involved in the play and doing something, and he didn't make any bad turnovers. He scored some clutch goals. Uh, just too little, too late. Like an asshole. Well, he couldn't afford to act like an asshole. No, he can't <laughs> lose him too. God forbid. <laughs> yeah, like uh, he's kind of in a spot. The perfection line just wasn't. I don't know. It really wasn't a standout in this one. Uh, just mainly relied on trying to defend against New York, and it did not end in Boston's favor, as we have seen. Still a hell of a series, though. Very, very entertaining one. Uh, I won't say the best of the... Uh, well, yeah, I would say the best of the playoffs so far. It was a... Definitely had some highlight moments. I don't know why I keep looking at it making it... <laughs> Like it's gonna play a video I, or something. I w- I would say it's the best of the playoffs so far, simply because of the crowd and the Nassau Coliseum. Is Nassau oh, yeah. right? Sure. I sang the anthem. That show was dope. Like they were really into it, knowing that building is gonna get torn down, and they showed up for their team, and uh, it was landmark. It kind of made you remember how good sports can be with a full crowd. It's been a while, yeah. right? Um, and those pack that packed arena, and uh, when they won that game in like OT, was it the third? Was it the second? They lost the second game, right? When third game? Yeah. Trying to remember when they won that fucking game, and that crowd went absolutely ape shit. It's, it, and that's even before the national anthem stuff, which was great uh, because they thought that might be the last. If they lose that game, yeah, that's and, the last game in the uh, stadium. Yeah, like that, you know, it doesn't happen, but they win that game and that stadium pops so loud and they, they, you know, they have the big comeback and they get the national anthem in game six. It was just great. It was a great sports moment. I think one that will uh, eventually go down in history. People will look back on it fondly just on how live that crowd was. So shout out to all the Islanders fans there. Now, let Uh, me be a, let me be a speculating Sam for a second. Uh, what do you think will happen if, in this hypothetical scenario, New York were to go to the Stanley Cup Finals and win at the Nassau Coliseum? Do you think the building would just explode and Long Island would just kind of drift away a little bit further from New York? Yeah, they just tear down that, the building at and, the same time. <laughs> yeah, that entire island is going to freaking erupt. How long has it been since any team in New York has won a Stanley Cup? It's been since the 80s, right? Islanders yeah, were – no, just, or the Rangers in 90 – was it 94 with Messier? I guess that was the I last think, one. Yeah, I believe so. Hang on. Let me check. I would think that 94 Messier and then Devils in 95. But Devils, you know, that's New Jersey. That's a little different. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a while. I know the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup, but then they got clapped up pretty hard. Yeah, that was when the Rangers defeated the Canucks. 
Okay. Yeah. So it's it's been a while, and I mean, I guess that leads us to what's left in the Stanley Cup and and uh, your your bold predictions. <laughs> oh yes, I'm I'm gonna stay bold. I'm going to uh, follow the Taco Bell mantra and live Moss. I'm gonna I'm gonna say New York's gonna keep this pressure up and upset Tampa Bay and go to the Stanley Cup Finals and play the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I am also going to stay bold with you as much as I love Victor Hedman. It would be so cool to see Andy Green and Travis Zajac and Kyle Palmer, these guys that are second, third liners for most teams but are grinders and have dedicated their life to hockey. It would be so cool to see them lift the cup. I don't really need to see Tampa lift another cup. No. Um, but at the same point, it would be really cool to see you know, Mark lift one more. Andre Fleury lift one more. This is true. It'd be nice to see Vegas actually win a Stanley Cup. It would be, but uh, I feel like somehow P. DeBoer is cursed, so yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get... I, mean, this gonna... might have... <laughs> I don't know. This could go either way. Uh, if, if you're talking about getting out coached, Barry Trotz would be the guy, right? So... Yeah, he's a basketball player. This was a cool stat that I, I came across, which is... Washington has lost every playoff series they have played since they got rid of Barry Trotz. Which is like, why do you get rid of a guy when you just won a Stanley Cup? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you could really ask. I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess I can't really beat on the Golden Knights anymore for getting rid of the longest EDD. is not a bad coach either. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still gotten them kind of in the same situations as Gallant. Um, yeah. His goalie, like his goalie situation last year, was very questionable. Yeah, uh, but it seems like I, I don't know. Mark Andre Fleury has stated he wants to keep playing in Vegas. He truly likes it there. And again, I've gone back to this before, but the fans love him there. Like his jersey probably outsells every other Vegas Golden Knight player. Mark Stone's probably up there too by this point. I'm a huge Mark Stone fan. You know this. Uh, I got the uh, I got the Islanders in six, and Stamkos only plays two games. Yes, I agree with that. But in those two games that he plays, he gets somehow on the cover of Sports Illustrated by making a clutch. <laughs> and I got the Vegas Knights beating the Canadians, but I think that might go to seven. I yeah, I'm going to say closer than it should be. I say I'm going with seven for both games. I think it's going to come down to the wire for each teams, but. I have the Islanders at Janelle, Tampa Bay. Um, just because I think Semyon Varlamov can stand up a little bit better than Andre Vasilevsky can stand up. I just have faith in my baby Devils making it. Uh... Yeah, that too. I mean, you got the New York Devils that are really, make, really holding that team up. Making it, making it back to the cup once more, channeling their NA 2012. Uh, <laughs> Paul Neary with the Devils will just go to the Islanders. It's close enough. We'll bring it over. They're gonna bring it. In. That's that's the whole plan. Like as soon as, as soon as they win the Stanley Cup, they're just gonna take off their jerseys and the Devils jerseys underneath. Like, <laughs> <laughs> got you, fuckers. Luke <laughs> Lamorello pulls his shirt off. It's like fucking wrestling. <laughs> We're the Devils all along. <laughs> we got you. We won this. What was Kyle Kyle Palmieri's stats? Uh, uh, have okay. been absolutely ridiculous. Legendary. I mean, ridiculous. And if they win the Stanley Cup, I'm going to assume that he might... He might actually <laughs> win the con Smythe based on how good he is. Uh, yeah, he's got nine points. He's a plus six. He's only got four penalty minutes. Nine points. It's going to be tough. I mean, if Victor yeah, had pub stomps him, then it'll be tough. But uh, those, those, yeah. are some, those are some good stats, though. Some good stats. Nine points in the playoffs. Uh, Brock the Nelson, trait- I would be remiss if I didn't get Brock Nelson props because that kid lights it up. Barzell has been playing amazing, too. And he, uh, he finally decided to pick it up in that game two against Boston and uh, did not let it go. He's got a fire under his ass. So that's going to be interesting to see who is uh, who they put on Barzell 
forward wise, at least Tampa, because he's been kind of on fire. And and the Bo- Boston wasn't able to deal with him. I mean, no. they tried to rough him off the puck, and, and and they banged on him too. To be fair, it wasn't like oh the big bad Islanders came in and just bullied the Bruins. That's not what happened. Barzell also got chopped and beat to shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's easy. I to look this, at like I, it's it's this Islanders team is just a very well built team. Like they've got multiple multiple threats. Like, you've got the top line, which is very good. You've got solid defense. Uh, you've got a great third line. Uh, we've seen success in all three of them. So, I think Josh Bailey plays on the first line. I know Brock Nelson's on the second, and Kyle Palmieri's on the third line. Nope. And you got – with Tampa, Vasilevsky is going to be their biggest obstacle, but they just overcame Tuka Rask, so who knows? Yeah. It's going to be. You know, it's, it's going on to He also put out an article where he's like, I don't want to be anywhere other than Boston. Uh, so it seems like he just really wants to stay where he's at. And I'm with it because Tukarask is a Bruin. It'd just be weird if he wasn't. Also, like, fuck Boston fans trying to get rid of him. If you guys really want to get rid of him, New Jersey will give you guys a bag of pucks and you can come play uh, with Mackenzie Blackwood. We'll take right. that tandem. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> also fuck Boston for getting rid of Zidane Char because honestly, that's where this whole fucking mess started. Yeah, if Char is there, I think this is a different series. Maybe not in the regular season, but in the playoffs, it's a very different. Yeah, you know, Char comes in clutch when it's the playoffs. You you don't see people getting grinded out in the corners if Char is there on the no. left side because you can't out grind Char. The dude's the size of a house. Oh. <laughs> So it's like you can't get around a stick because it's literally the size of the fucking ring. Yeah, he has a special stick because he's so tall. They had to create a rule specifically for his stick. Um, so it's a, I think it's very different if Char is there. Washington, they just they just weren't there this year. No, I, Washington. I I think they're I done to see it too because I really want to, like there was part of me as much as I hate the Capitals. Um, I wanted to see Ovechkin and Chara share that cup. <laughs> well, yeah, we just wanted to see Ovechkin and Chara doing keg stands on the cup again. Yes, um, but <laughs> it didn't didn't happen. You know, you know, Ovechkin would have convinced Chara to do a keg stand. On Chara could have probably lifted that shit up one handed and drank from it. <laughs> it would have took the entire team to lift Chara. Would have looked like a regular <laughs> cup to him. Um. But I mean, we have good we have good matchups, man. And like I said, if people think Lightning's moving on, I can't disagree with you. There's positives on both these teams. The Canadians are the only one that's here that's kind of a surprise. Yeah, they're a wild card. And it would be great. I mean, it would be great to have that underdog story. But I don't think they're going to beat the Islanders or the Lightning, who play can are able to play lockdown defense they might be able to beat the golden knights they might be able to to win a weird game seven or something um but as we talked about there's a clear better division yeah <laughs> in the metro <laughs> in the yeah, east coast in general. like those teams that are designed for the playoffs and like montreal had to <laughs> montreal was a very average team that got lucky to be in the playoffs but they fought for where they are so honestly i kind of hope they uh they keep it up it'd be nice to see but then again it'd be nice to see the golden knights win a stanley cup you know the only yeah, one well, i want to see win again is Tampa Bay. so if anyone can literally beat them that'll, that'll be fine with me it'll be just dandy yeah but either way these should be like i said i, I had game six for the islanders and i think that one goes to seven games with the Golden Knights, just because I think Carey Price can keep that thing pretty close. Yeah, for sure. Um, but a bold prediction. Islanders win this, and Andy Green, old-ass Andy Green, 195-year-old Andy Green, finally gets to lift that cup above his head. <laughs> yes, and then right off into the sunset. And <laughs> right off into the sunset. And every Devils fan will be happy. Yeah, I guess. I'm telling you, he's going to take off his jersey and just be like, ha-ha, Devils fan, <laughs> taking this over here. I mean, it's not that far. You can take it from 
take it from Nassau Coliseum to the Prudential Center and just kind of rub it in the devil's face. Pull it, pull it straight into New Jersey after the New York win. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me not to cheer for the Islanders, man. Because Zay Jack got Andy Green, got Kyle Palmieri. Like, it's going to be hard for me not to cheer for him. Um, so we'll see what happens. But that's pretty much the playoffs. Who did, who did you have as, a, I guess – as we start wrapping up, who did you have as your final, who's your Stanley Cup winner? Uh, I am going to stick with my bold prediction of the of the New York Islanders. Uh, the victory of which will cause Nassau Coliseum to safely collapse without any injuries. It'll just, like, as soon as everybody's out of there, it'll just fall down. It'll just blow up. Yep. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I got to go with Great that. Great memory for the lot, you know, that, like, it, it's, Best story, honestly. It writes itself. Everyone loves a good story. Honestly, I think just Barry Trotz is going to be able to outcoach everybody. And he has a grindy veteran team and knows how to work shifts. If I'm making the actual reason of why the Islanders would win, that's why. Barry Trotz is a great fucking coach. And uh, as we saw against Boston, doesn't matter how much firepower you have, if I'm able to drag you down for like, you know, seven to eight minutes a period. Uh, so that's the reason I'm picking the Islanders, but also, you know, Andy Green. I want to see him win the cup. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I would, it would be good to see. Plus, my grandparents are rooting for the Islanders, so I'm, I'm kind of sticking with them for it. All right, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about the uh, NHL draft lottery. Uh, oh. I wasted this time. <laughs> Sabers win, and uh, I guess we should talk about Jack Eichel. Yep. So Jack Eichel wants to have a neck surgery that only people in the UFC have ever had during this off season, and because of the player bargaining agreement, he's not allowed to have it if Buffalo says he can't have it. But they're so they're not allowing him to have this operation that he thinks he needs on his neck to play hockey, which is fucking weird, right? Um, and they're looking to trade him, but he's kind of damaged goods because everyone now knows that he needs possibly needs a neck operation. Uh, what do you think happens with Jack Eichel? Uh, I think worst case he'll probably. He'd probably get traded. Uh, someone's going to pick him up, though. Someone's going to see the potential on him. Maybe a Los Angeles Kings or a, an Anaheim Duck, a team that's already not doing that great, that has the ability to get a player and kind of coach him back to what he can do. At I would ideally. If, if the Devils can pick him up for a third-round draft pick and a prospect, do it. Because I have faith in modern medicine. And you know what? Even if it doesn't work out, you know what normally doesn't work out? Third round draft picks. Yeah, this is true. Very <laughs> like, does it actually work out. If it works out and you actually have Jack Eichel at his best, and that, that center line is is Hughes, Heischer, and Eichel, that's great. And you could even move one of them out to wing. You could do a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't think the Devils are going to do that, but I'm just saying, like, any team that's out there, if you're willing to gamble, <laughs> this is a good gamble. Yeah, like, I uh, mean, it's not for a team that's already good or already has the pieces that needs to just pick up another star player. It's, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get. Uh, but chances are Jack Eichel will still know how to play hockey and do it efficiently. I mean, I think it would be a great gamble for Philly, for instance. It would be, but I'm still kind of holding out hope on Seth Jones. Like, well, I mean, for a center, you guys need another center coming up since Claude Drew had a shit season and seems like he's aging, right? Uh, you need a first line I'm center, ready. and I'm not ready to put all the all, all my hate in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, you, like you definitely, you definitely need to start building the next Drew or next center of that team. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree with you. But yeah, it would be a. A solid gamble. I just don't know if Philly would be the team to to do that. But I mean, if it's a third round pick and a prospect, why not? 
Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I just feel like they should probably focus more on defense. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the other thing is you guys have salary cap problems that the Devils are not aware of. (laughs) I think the Devils are a perfect fit. Like, let him have his next surgery, and if he shows up, he shows up. But next year, it'd be amazing, you know, like or midway through the year. Like, let him do his stuff. I think the Devils are a good team. Columbus would be a good team. I don't know that he necessarily would want to go there. Um, Like you said, L.A. would be a good team, but I think they're they're pretty stacked up the center with – who was their draft pick last year? Uh, God, I was basically. No, 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 no. no, no. I was, um, uh, Quentin Byfield. Yeah, Byfield. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to play second line under Anze just to learn yeah. under Kopitar, which will be amazing. He's a solid player too. Quentin Byfield is. He's looked. He's looked fucking great every game I've ever seen him play. In fact, he's looked better than Lafreniere. <laughs> <laughs> honestly uh but we'll see we'll see how that works out for the rangers uh so anyways we'll get into the draft lottery here sabers pick first anaheim second kraken third devils fourth which i'm okay with uh columbus fifth red wings six sucks to be a red wings fan yep. <laughs> san jose Sharks seventh uh number eight la the la kings vancouver canucks who should have been way better this year how the hell did you fall off a cliff? Ninth and tenth Ottawa Senators, and uh, we'll see, man. There's some. It's it's a weird draft because there's not like a number one. Yeah, there is guy. I mean, the only reason I know his name because his name's Owen. That's my son's name. Uh, Owen something. Owen. <laughs> But yeah, they're not even saying that that's like the that that would be number one, depending on what team picked first. So uh, I know at number one they had uh, God, what is his name? Um, Owen Power from Michigan. Yeah, that's his name. Who, who's still in college and he's he's D. So he's gonna come into Buffalo Sabers as a defenseman with was it Ristolainen and and. and uh, other defensemen that aren't very happy with that team. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what Buffalo does there. Um, and then after that, the uh, at least the the big mock drafts have we have uh, the Kraken picking a, a center with Matthew Beniers, and who's also from Michigan because Michigan just trucks everyone in the college realm, I guess. Uh, we'll go there. And Anaheim has a uh, Dylan Gnerth, who's a right winger. He's in the WHL, which I mean, I guess a winger for them would be okay. And the Devils have Brant Clark or Luke Hughes at D, uh, which is what I want to talk about. Are we going to get all the Hughes on one team? <laughs> is that? <laughs> yes, as long as Terry Hughes, that's a requisite for becoming a Devil. Because. Okay. Because it does seem like the Devils might pick up Luke Hughes. I, I, I've also heard Anaheim is interested in him, but I'm completely okay with the Devils picking up a defenseman named Hughes. It turned out pretty well for Vancouver. So, exactly. <laughs> roll that dice. Uh, the fifth round pick is like, uh, well, I mean, it kind of just this this draft kind of shuffles through the same players because they're not sure what team's going to pick. So it's uh, Kimmelin and uh, Morali, Sweden and the U.S. Hockey League. They just kind of shuffle back and forth of like who they picked. And they, they had like Luke Hughes on the outside for the L.A. Kings if he dropped that far, but he's not dropping that far. Uh, no, so. no, he'll get scooped up pretty quickly, I imagine. Yeah, I would actually be surprised if he fell to the Devils. And I would actually be surprised, honestly, if Buffalo goes with Owen Powers defenseman, even though he is the number one in the draft class, best pick available on the board. I'd be surprised if they go with him because they're going to need a center if Eichel's gone. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is why I'm glad I'm not a I'm not a Terry Pagula or. A... Someone who has to make that decision because this is a tough decision for Buffalo to make. Yeah, it's it's it's. Who was number two? Anaheim. 
Uh, yeah, Anaheim's right behind him, and then uh, you give up they, on power. You give you give him to Anaheim, and Anaheim could probably use him more anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's wingers and centers out there. Uh, let me see where the first center is. Like the first center would be what the Kraken would be picking with uh, Killerman who's from Michigan. He's the center from Michigan, which I, I feel like if you're Buffalo, you have to take that just because you don't know where Eichel is. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and and if there's one thing in the NHL, at least in my opinion, the thing you need the most is a, is a, a center. Like a, a first-line center is the starting point of everything that's going to happen and then a good goaltender, at least in modern hockey. Got to be able to win face-offs in your zone. Um, Definitely not win a hockey game. And Patrice Bergeron shoots that every year. Not win if you don't score goals. Well, yeah, you obviously have to score goals, but you also need to win the puck. (laughs) You know, and you need a big body center. And he is a he's six foot one, 175 pounds. So he is not your uh, he's not a big body center, but he is a center that's the number one highest rated center in the draft. So I would almost feel like Buffalo would go that route. And then you could see powers falling to the Kraken, but maybe that's just my opinion. Who knows? The Kraken's going to have an open shot list anyways, because they're going to have a list of players that were waived, yeah. which is always a fun, fun time. But uh, yeah, exciting stuff, man. I guess we're going to check out this, uh, this game tomorrow, right? Yeah. It's going to be one between. This is why I got to stop closing the NHL out. We got Islanders versus Lightning tomorrow at 3 p.m., which will be great. Should be an amazing game. And uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see if Andy Green steps up. We'll see if Kyle Paul Murray. If if when the NHL moves to ESPN, if they're taking Pierre Maguire with them, because I really hope they're not taking Pierre Maguire with them. Well, apparently he's going to be a coach at some point. They've been teasing him as a coach for the past. How long have you been following hockey? Little fucking ass out there trying to coach. Uh, you need to shoot the puck towards the net, Sydney. Oh, I'm sorry, your name's not Sydney. He's interviewed to be a coach like multiple times, so maybe I don't know. Maybe it's his year. Maybe he'll be an offensive coordinator or something. Or got it this year, but don't worry about it. They won't keep you in that little weird glass box forever. I'm not here to shit on Pierre Maguire, even though he kind of deserves it. I am 100% here to shit on that weird little guy. <laughs> he makes himself a goof. I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if he's just buying into the gimmick, but it's very much like a wrestling thing with like Michael Cole, for instance, where you're like, why is this guy so goofy on purpose? Like, the fuck? Is that just him or is this like a put-on kind of yeah. thing? I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, I, but he does love the shit out of Crosby. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I imagine that's got like a shrine somewhere in this house, like in a, in a back puppy, maybe. In the closet with Crosby and like some Jesus like candles. <laughs> like of his hair from the locker room or something. <laughs> like a broken Crosby stick he scooped off the ice when no one's looking and like little weird Crosby voodoo dolls. He doesn't have like the entire athletic protector, but just the cup part that he <laughs> oh man well hey it was a good show i guess uh we're gonna do red wings after all this is done yes. all we have left is uh i mean hey we're gonna be in the we're gonna be in the stanley cup before too long be interesting and we're getting straight to the draft we've got a lot of cool shit to talk about and then we're back to just talking about rivalries and old teams and all sorts of it's fun stuff just, tricks going into people's faces <laughs> yes. Not getting calls. People getting hiked in the parking lot. We also get to talk about the legend Gordy Howe, who uh and underpants. That'll come up at some point. Yes. Uh did Little Caesars. We yeah. got all of your we got all of your hot and ready action right here on the Skates Thirds podcast. Uh but in any case, man, I think that's it for us. I hope everyone out here listened, enjoyed the show. Dakota, I'm gonna send it to you. Tell everyone, uh, tell all the beautiful people to have a good night and plug anything you want to plug. Yes, absolutely. I hope everyone has a lovely uh, 
lovely night and a lovely remainder of their weekend. Uh, I am starting a horror podcast here eventually as soon as I get the first couple episodes done. I've actually recorded an interview already for uh, probably my third, what will be the third episode. Uh, so a lot of interesting stuff going on over there. It's going to be a splatter zone. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LaShock Dakota. Um, I post there occasionally, uh, but that's pretty much pretty much it. I'm not really a, a social media bug, if you don't know by now. Yeah, and I mean, anyone that wants to talk to me, you can be at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter and Christopher.rpatton on Facebook, also Chris.r.patton on Instagram, but I hate ta- having my photo taken, so the only, only photos that are up there is my wife uh, taking candid shots, and sometimes I post them if I look really cool. But <laughs> that being said, I hope everyone has a great weekend, enjoy the hockey, and uh, continue forward into the great night. And as always, uh, you know, Henrique, it's over.